When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Leads That Podcast. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by James. Hello. And Rocco. Hello. Evening guys, how are we doing? Not bad. Not bad, Paul. How are you? I'm full of cold so actually. Bad. If I'm like let's let's not sugarcoat things. My nose is stuffy and I'm tired. But yesterday I, I did a an event with a group of people that I largely didn't know and we played foot darts. And I decided to turn up in a full training kit. I was the only one who knew, other than the person who arranged it, that we were playing foot darts. Everyone else didn't know. They were just told to bring active wear. So I went as a full kit person. And uh, I'd never met nine out of the ten people that were there. So they all, they all, as an insult, thought that they would call me Marcelo Bielsa. And I loved it for the <laughs> Is that because you were older and on your haunches? Is that is that is just that why? I just wear the full training kit and yeah, quite a lot of the time just stooped and out of breath and looking <laughs> for a bucket and you know. Did they ever call you Al Loco or is it just full no, Marcelo Bielsa? Just, just calling me Bielsa and I kept going, You think it's an insult, but I love it, keep going. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the highlight of Saturday, to be fair. What do you want me to say about Bass and Bly? Just well, you're into it now, but we might as well just say, uh, yeah, thanks, Bass and Bly. Bassandbly.com. Justin for sponsoring the podcast. He's back. He's, uh, yeah, if you've not, if you haven't been and visited Bass and Bly, they sell loads of brilliant camera equipment and binoculars coming into this time of year as well. Spring bird watching season. So I go to Bassandbly.com. Brilliant Harrogate based business. They've been going for decades and decades. If you're into photography, go see them. They'll give you a great service and uh, yeah thanks massive again leeds fans as well obviously yeah massive leeds fans the most important thing we wouldn't have any sponsors that weren't we might i mean we're open to everything but i didn't know i couldn't have said any of that with as much like love and passion as you did so i'm gonna get myself down there this week and say hi to bass and bligh and spend 500 quid justin will thank no, you for that no, yeah, yeah. 500 quid he said budget That's what I told us. <laughs> anyway moving on so it's it's been a quite an eventful weekend, all things told, all things considered. So let's let's start off. There's been sackings. There has been sackings, aren't there? Who's gone? Well, just literally this second, like like right now, five minutes ago, Potter, Potter is a goner. And that doesn't really affect us. So it's big news. It affects us if he gets the Leicester job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I think it was inevitable. I actually thought he was going to get sacked after the Leeds win, just the way things are and the way that owner is. And he, like, someone asked him whether he enjoyed the game uh, as he sort of walked off the pitch after Leeds and he sort of shrugged his shoulders and said they won. And uh, yeah, I thought the writing was on the wall then, but then they had a Champions League game midweek. So they won that. That must have given him a stay of execution. But yeah, he, he's he's just done terribly. And, uh, and it's no surprise, like, the, the club is 
is acting ridiculously and there's no way to to run a winning team. So, yeah, he's the fall guy. Roll on the next one. Why don't managers get sacked after wins? Well, they do, actually. It's been a growing trend. I've it's It's been something that I've noticed over the past few years, as if, like, owners don't want to look like they're being, like, reactive. Yeah, my theory. Owners trying to improve their image. Yes. And Leicester, this one is reported differently depending where you look at it. They've either sacked or mutually parted ways with Brendan Rodgers. Again, Leicester, I don't... You haven't heard their name mentioned that much in the whole mix of things. Maybe because people think that they're too big to go down or whatever, but they've uh, they've hit the panic button at, at a very late stage, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. And Leicester definitely can go down. I mean, what have they actually got beyond Madison, who's a decent player, and Vardy, who is probably 35 now? I think they're in a bit of a mess. I think it's I think it's a bit outrageous, really. I feel sorry for Rodgers. I'd have him at Leeds. I think he's a top manager and he's done a brilliant job there. Absolutely brilliant. He's had a bad season, but yeah, you're not allowed that anymore. So yeah, he's he's taken the bullet. But yeah, they they just seem like a club in a, in a bit of disarray, don't they? So yeah, Rodgers seems to me like the, the one bright spark. But then again, yeah, Leicester fans seem to have wanted him gone for a while. So yeah, who am I to say? And David Moyes has he, he said today that managers are in a bit of a whirlpool and you're lucky if you don't get spat out. And I think that's his way of essentially saying that, that he's likely to get sacked in the next couple of games. <laughs> because beating the bottom club at home is the minimum expectation, isn't it, of any one season at any point. So, yeah, I, I guess in a longer discussion, it comes back to are, are we glad that we did eventually sack our manager and bring in someone with a slightly bigger bulk of games to go because we have managed to put some points on the board since then. It's just some food for thought, really, isn't it, as we head into what is an utterly critical point in our season. I think it was disgusting that we sacked Bielsa, to be honest, Paul. Well, I, I realised today that I've, I'm going to be a, a bit of a hypocrite because I'm going to use the opposite thing. If If we get sacked this season, if we get sacked, if we get relegated this season, I think it's because we didn't sack Jesse Marsh soon enough and I won't put any blame on Javi Gracia. It's interesting though, isn't it? Yeah, no, I completely agree. But also, it's interesting to see what a risk it is for Leicester and uh, who else has gone? (laughs) Yeah, because Leicester, I mean, Leicester have, that's like a game after we got rid of Bielsa last season and that felt tight then, so... Yeah. I think Chelsea must be doing it. In, is a, instead of not getting relegated, it's like, can we get to the Champions League final? Can we win that tournament? Can we regain our place in Europe by actually winning the thing? So it's on a, a roll of the dice on a different scale, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, completely. And they, well, they've done it before. Done it a couple, I think the last, when they've won the Champions League, they've, they've, they've done this. They've changed managers. Or when they've got to the final, they've always done it with like an interim coach, I believe. So. Yeah, it seemed to have worked for them over the years. And, I mean, surely no one can do worse than Potter was doing. So, yeah, we'll see. Let's hope that they continue to... Well, how many points have they got? They're not actually that much further ahead of us, I don't think, bizarrely. I think they've got maybe about 30... They've probably got enough already. Oh, they do have enough already. They're not, they're not going down, but they... 
it, it's got to be all about Europe, hasn't it, really, I suppose, which is yeah. mad. Mm-hmm. How do you not get to the end of a... Yeah, it, it's literally the Champions League thing, which is what all these other clubs are doing, but about relegation, they're picking their thing. So everyone is feeling it. It's still seven points from Crystal Palace down. And you look at these games and you know you're desperate for teams not to take points off each other, but, but they have to because there's so many teams involved that every weekend, every midweek, like there's going to be series of fixtures. So I think it's probably at this point, let's talk about the Arsenal game. I, I wasn't in a position to regard the Arsenal game too much. So my take on it was, from what I saw and listened to, was that we had some really good chances. We wasted them. We conceded a penalty that some people think is a penalty, but could have been a penalty and was given. And then they turned us over in the second half. Is there any more to it? I mean, that's it in a nutshell for sure. Yeah, I thought we we started off really well. I was I was really happy. You know, Xavi picked a very strange lineup, and it was great. It, it was doing a fantastic <laughs> job until the penalty, which was just a just a yeah just a mindless moment from Ailing at the Emirates again. Sadly, I mean, it was a penalty. It was soft, but he literally like kicked out at him as well. Like it wasn't just a guy going over his leg or anything it was it was a penalty I'm afraid so yeah one of them Haley knew it and then yeah like you say after that we just never never looked like getting back in it Defect some of the defending was a bit shoddy but decent side aren't they Arsenal we, very, we start- unlike, very unlikable but very good we started really well didn't we because Chris Dunson had that shot in like the first 10 seconds and and they, at that point, must have been thinking, oh, God, here we go again. Because I think Bournemouth scored within 10 seconds, didn't they? And then there was some really good build-up play with Somerville around the box, and he had a good effort on goal as well. And hey, we were putting loads of pressure on him early on, and I thought, here we go, this is this is good news. But they just, they've just got a really good squad that have managed very well. The squad isn't as good as Man City's, but it's the Arteta's has just done just such a really good job on them, and you you kind of been seeing it building and building over time. And and this, the main thing was it was frustrating because felt like we could have got something at home this season. That still irks me more more than the the game yesterday, to be honest. You know the crazy lineup. It was crazy, wasn't it? Like was I saw the crazy lineup and thought he's got an eye on Tuesday. But he insists it was to play the conditions of the fixture yesterday. Do you think he's very good at just what he says to the media? Or, or, or do you think he's been honest there? I definitely think he's been honest, yeah. 100%. I think it was a it was a specific tailored plan for Arsenal. Playing with like a false nine and, and trying, to, trying to hit them down the wings. And it was working really well. Yeah, like James said, Somerville looked really dangerous. But, you know, just letting himself down and... In the final third, in the final action, one pretty poor shot. And then when he tried to play Harrison in, he, he's, he's overcooked the pass when he probably should have had a crack himself as well. On the other side, Sinisteria, I thought, I'd have, I don't know, he looked injured to me. You know, he wasn't, he, he was just sort of walking around, looked like he didn't care. So I was getting really, really, really angry. But maybe he was just rusty and, and yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe he did with... Uh, with him at least give him give him a run out i mean it looked like he was sort of trying to get people minutes in the second half once the game was was over but i think he definitely set up to try and try and win the game 100 percent. i think it was a yeah definitely a specific plan and 
people talk about free hits. That was as much of a free hit as you could get. It was it was the fixture on the remaining thing, remaining fixtures that you amongst a couple more go. Those aren't the ones that are going to dis- determine our season ultimately. So, out of the two previous games, three points was probably as as much as anyone was expecting, not hoping for, but ex- expecting. How much do you think the players were thinking about Tuesday? Mm, nah, I don't think so. I don't think it. I don't think it's the professionals. They were there to win the game. I don't. I don't think anyone's thinking about Tuesday apart from the fans. Really, <laughs> like none of us lot probably you know cared that much. We 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 know what's what's to come. But they had a match to play. Now nah, I've got I've got no doubts that they didn't have half an eye on Tuesday. Tuesday is massive. Next Sunday is massive. It is tight down there. James, you would you like to see any? Do you think there are can, and can be any changes to the lineup uh, for Tuesday night? Yeah, I think I reckon McKenney will probably be in. I think he was had flu. If you look at Twitter from when he was in America, and I think he was recovering from that. So that's partly why I don't think he played the full game at the weekend. And uh, I thought just going back to Arsenal a bit and thinking about the lineup. I thought Rocker actually had a the best game out of our <laughs> out of our team. I thought of you, Rocco, when I saw his ratings coming in at the end. <laughs> and um, yeah, I thought I thought he was really good. He he said in an interview, maybe it was to Phil Hay or it was to Popey or someone I can't remember that he you know was being very mindful of the fact that he could now slow down and think about the game more and try and control the pace. I thought he did really well at times. I thought he managed to do that. I thought he was, there was a time where he stopped and I thought what is he doing? Like, why, why is it he passed it quickly? And then the space sort of opened up in front of him and you thought, yeah, that that's that's exactly what we need right now is someone calm. And yeah, I thought, I thought Ruta was good when he came on as well. I thought he was, um, yeah, just, just did what we needed someone to do, which was control the ball, get past a player, move it up the field. And I think we need that against Forrest. And I think Rocco, you said this before and, Darrell Dillon on Twitter has been saying the same to us that he's almost like a Saez type player that he just sort of ghosts past people really well. And I think he could be key coming into the closing end of the season. And particularly if Sinistera isn't managing to to get fully fit as well, it would be nice for him to sort of overtake. Yeah, I'd like to see Rutt start midweek. I thought he did really well when he came on. He sort of created the goal with a lovely bit of footwork. And uh, yeah, Rocker did play well. He did. He had a good game. So that was very pleasing. So yeah, yeah, we've got we've got plenty to work with there. I really don't have a clue what he's going to do on Tuesday in terms of the lineup. I'd like, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I think I'd like... Mc... Sorry, I'm talking over you, but was McKenny poorly? Like that was the talk. Well, we don't know. We don't know it, for sure. It? Yeah, but I don't know. We, he... I mean, I wondered whether because he'd been away, did Christensen get called up in the end? I was going to say he might not have got in because he was work. He wasn't able to work on the tactics through the week. But yeah, that's that was a window, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, maybe he was just ill. Well, Aronson was away as well. Yes, scoring goals against uh, Milkman. (laughs) Well, they all count though, don't they? I know they were all bigging up McKenny's two goals, weren't they? I thought, "Mm, yeah, come on, let's calm down a little bit. So, yeah, Tuesday night, it's a frustrating one because I w- had to resell my ticket at the time. Therefore, can't go because someone else is sitting in my seat. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. It's one of them things because you accept it. And I, I accept that the Queen died and I accept that I couldn't go anyway, blah, blah, blah. But 
still frustrated. What it still blah blah blah. R.I.P. Your Majesty. Like loads of people get really excited about the Liverpool games or the Man City games and all these big fixtures, but it's these games that I want to be at. These are the games that that really matter and make a difference to us at the moment. And these are the games where you're going to be roaring people on under lights Tuesday night. And I heard you rant about Sunday. I I agree about the atmosphere, but equally when it when it gets to it yeah i think it might be nervy sunday particularly depending on what happens on tuesday but tuesday should be right at the start should be fired up let's get into them let's let's go and put it to them the the thing with forest as well is that i think they dominated their game the other day didn't they and then missed out on a win from a late equalizer and you think that must have sapped some energy and confidence out of them going into this and yeah, we, Arsenal is behind us. Forget about it. It doesn't matter. Like you say, possibly a free hit. You could view it as that. But this is absolutely huge. And and that's not to big it up for the sake of it, but it, you know, because it's quite, it can easily sound like podcast talk, can it? This is absolutely massive, this game. But but it is. It's, it's a, this is the game that we need to get some points from because I think even Palace are going to start to to come good as well by the looks because they had a great performance at the weekend. So, yeah. Get some points on the board. To preempt something that I think Rocco would, I could hear Rocco saying in the post match on Tuesdays that, because I think you've said it before, is that it's really annoying that that game got moved because they were garbage at that point and it was a certain win and it really hit our momentum at that point in the season because we were in a we were in a good place. But they are uh, in what's known as in the lead circles as in a, like you know like on the radio yesterday. Gabriel Jesus hasn't scored for 14 games. Like, well, all right, he'll get a hat trick today, then probably won't. Oh, well, on, on that as well, I mean, it's basically the London curse again, isn't it? Because we lost in London. And also, Arteta is one like manager of the month like three or four times, hasn't he? And after each time this season, they've drawn or lost in come Leeds United. We're so <laughs> good at smashing those. So, yeah, Forrester are on their joint longest winless run of the season as well. So it's a, it really is. Yeah, we're not... You can't un, like play it down. It is massive. There's no hiding from it. We've got to win and we've got to get a minimum of four points out of these two games. It's like minimum. So you come out of, you come out of Tuesday with a defeat and... Yeah. It's like, it's like re- reverse playoffs, isn't it? If you look at the table as well, that's exactly what it is. I must say, though, I mean, we and I, I sort of do agree, but then at the end of the day, you know, we're still after these two matches, whatever happens, we're still going to have how many left? Eight? We've got 10 now? Eight yeah. or nine games. So, you know, as massive as they are. And I think the, the reason they're so massive is because it's such a massive opportunity. You know, it's an opportunity for us to win both games and, and be completely like, you know, not completely safe, but completely, well, with a, with a, Big, big cushion and and a chance to just you know saunter through the rest of the season, hopefully. And if we don't win the two games, or if we don't win any of the two games, you know we're going to be right, right in the mire. But it's not like we're going to go down if we if we if we don't beat Forest on Saturday on Tuesday. So as much as it's huge, it's not it's not critical. And I hope that the players could not be paralysed by the by the pressure. Because it's still at this point, it's not it's not really on. You know, we're not bottom of the league. We're not in the relegation zone. 
But I do completely agree that we really, I mean, if we don't win, I'll be feeling sick as a parrot. I'll be feeling like we're going down. And that's why we just have to win because I hate feeling so negative. The difference is, though, and the reason why these two games are critical is losing, losing yesterday to Arsenal made no impact. Like we stayed as we were, but no one around us gained. It wasn't, whereas these two games in the book of footballing cliches is as big as it comes. They are six pointers. They are, it's literally yeah. a swing. Like we need to gain ground on Crystal Palace, who who managed to pick up a win yesterday. We it's it's huge. They are huge games, and uh, but this is what you're in it for. Like we, you make it sound like a negative. It's not. This is why you're a football fan. And when I've talked, when me and Matthew have talked, then this is probably going back years. The seasons that he hates the most, particularly when we were in the championship, I suppose, are those ones where they're dead in February. So either way, if you, if you get into the back end of the season and there's something to play for, you're invested in it. It's it's the bit that is where it comes alive. If you yeah. if you are Chelsea, that that is why they've sacked their manager because they do still have something to play for. The Premier League season's dead. Liverpool are dead. Their season is is finished. It's literally finished. Which could be why that game becomes potentially a little less pressured than these two. It's it's true. I was on a dog walk this morning and I stopped to talk to a Leeds fan. As as you do, you're either wearing your hat or something and everyone stops and chats. And uh, I started talking about someone, a friend of mine who's a Lincoln City fan and he's been, he's been a season ticket holder for nearly 30 years now. And uh, he said, oh, it's just rubbish. Nothing to play for at the minute. And because they are just sort of middling and... Uh, you know, and for the last few seasons, they've always had something to fight for, whether it's trying to get out of relegation or it's been pushing out of the lower leagues. And yeah, you you sort of it's easy to forget what it's like in the in the middle and just it's just just dull, isn't it? And as much as I hate it, and it's awful and it's stressful, it's emotionally tiring. It's kind of like you say, what what you sort of live for are these, aren't you? If you're gonna enjoy the ups, you've got to take the downs and fight your way through. But James, the, the emotions that you're describing there are the exact same emotions, just in a different context to when exactly. we were fighting for promotion. Like, exactly. It's exactly the same. You're looking at the permutations, the amount of points. It doesn't make a difference. As it's, it, ultimately, it's your divisional status at the end of it. Losing in the playoffs it is like being relegated because your divisional status is on the line. So we're in the same kind of... We've been in this situation, except for in the clo- behind-closed-door season. We've been in this situation every year one way or another, for the last what, six years or so mm. now, which means that as fans, we've been able to really buy in and get invested in the club in a yeah. way that we couldn't do for so many dead, duff years in the last decade prior to after promotion from League One. Yeah, there's nothing quite like it. And, and the, the relegation battles are, I mean, you know, it's amazing if, if you come through them. And the more you suffer in football as a football fan, the bigger the payoff you know, when, when you win and yeah, you know, when we've been, you know, like we're under O'Leary when we were good and, you know, in the championship, you know, when you win, you're sort of just relieved when you lose, it's absolutely, you know, it's just awful. But then, you know, when you're rubbish, when you win, you're just absolutely elated. And, you know, that feeling after Wolves that's carried, carried me through the whole of the international, sorry, the eye break, you know, you don't really get that if you're, uh, you know, a, a, I don't know, Spurs fan beating, Watford or, or whatever, you know, it's 
so yeah, you, I guess the downside is that the wins are very rare and <laughs> nearly every week you're bloody losing. But uh, yeah, it, it is what it is and it's why we love football. And yeah, it's great to have massive matches to look forward to and dominate your thoughts. Because yeah, like you say, those those years in the championship of just just doing nothing. Any predictions? 4-1. I think we're going to absolutely smash him. Dakara, late on. <laughs> that was beautiful. It was. Did we go 4-1 up when we... Oh no, we lost... We went 3-1 up and lost 7-3 to them I, in the yeah. championship. I just want us to play well, get a victory, even if it's scraping it, because we were crap when we played them at theirs only a few weeks ago. And yeah, we just need to be better than that. We need to actually show up. And I think we will. I think they'll be massively up for it. And yeah, I'm going to predict 3-2. I'm going to go 1-0, nail, nail biter. I know, I know a Forest fan and uh, he goes to a lot of the games and he says that Forest are the worst team in the Premier League and I believe him and I agree so yeah I think we're going to I think we're going to steamroll them I think it's going to be the best performance of the season we're going to Palace we get that extra 12 hours rest for the Sunday Easter Sunday match and it's going to play in our favour and everything's just going to be hunky-dory get an extra 12 hours but they waste it they go like bowling and like chasing each other in the car park or something daft Leads that. And just just before we do finish, the club put out a quite a special video the other day, speaking with those who knew Christopher Loftus and Kevin Spate and sharing their memories and reflecting on the tragic night. I think that's it's moved quite a lot of the fan base in the way that they've uh, dealt with the anniversary this year, hasn't it, James? I think Andy Loftus was on there as one of the brothers and. Uh... Yeah, it's it's always tough. Every year it brings back memories. I always remember when I was in the the stand after that at Ellen Road. It was against Arsenal, actually. And uh, yeah, it was just very, very sad. Grown men around you crying. Uh, absolutely awful as a teenager to see it. And uh, I didn't realise as well that there were so many more people that were injured as a result of it as well. And, you know, was it like 500 people they said that were kind of roughly under attack by? And you just think, cannot imagine being in that. It's just horrendous. and. Yeah, I think Liverpool also retweeted it, didn't they? And um, made a point about tragedy chanting. And Rocco, I think you said it a few episodes ago when we talked about this as well. And I think it was after the Man United game when they were exchanging vile abuse at one another, the fans. And I think, like you say, it, it ruins the legacy and it ruins the, the memory of of both of them. And just, just don't do it because it's always going to haunt. If you, if you sing about other, other fan bases tragedies it's just going to taunt them into singing about ours and it and that is just ruining the memory of of the families and and the boys as well so just don't do it i think it just kind of brought it home again that sadly only a few weeks ago a blackpool fan died and and the, the key message that that goes is that no one should ever go to the, the football game and not come home and it's really important that 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 is that the club do get behind it and share and really show this important message because we all we can sit here and we chat and and it, we get so invested in it and so are all these other people in different ways and everyone is in their club and, and whoever they, they choose to support but at the end of the day it's a, it's a game that we get credibly excited about but sadly it doesn't there have been some horrendous things and yeah we have a responsibility to keep those memories alive well we will be back after the nottingham forest game 
let's hope that we've got at least we've got that minimum one point so that that doesn't turn into utter despair. Let's hope that we're jubilant. Let's be going for that. I think we're, we're all predicting it. Hope you guys have an enjoyable night at the game. I'll listen on the radio. Um, got to do man of the match. You're as bad as James. <laughs> well, it didn't really happen for me. So I've been white. That's who we normally give it. Shocking. Shocking. No, I don't want to don't want to start open up a new thread. Let's close it. Who's the man of the match? Mark Rocker. Cheers. See you later, lads. Agree. Well, from the moment that I saw, I'm going to give it to Somerville. He made some lovely movement on the 30 seconds of the stream I saw. He deserves it. Right. Big week coming up. Let's brace ourselves. Take care. Speak soon. Podcast Network.